This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. We are here today for episode 53. If you're listening, you can hear us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, podbean.com. Very special episode today. The NFL schedule was released. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm surprised you haven't checked it out, but make sure you do. We're going to have plenty of thoughts about that. And some gripes, of course, because it's the same thing every single year with the Bucks. but we'll get to that in just a little bit. First and foremost, welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And we are joined by a very special guest today, our buddy, returning guest, Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network. Trevor, thank you for coming on the show today, man. Of course, man. It's good to be back with you guys. Of course. It's going to be a good one. Evan, how are you doing today, my buddy? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I am doing good. Um, so as I brought up before, the NFL schedule was released, and it seems like it's clockwork every year. There's something that Bucks fans need to be up in arms about. But I think if any year is deserving of us being upset, it's got to be this year. Uh, the NFL did Tampa zero favors when it came to the schedule this year. If you haven't already seen it, here's a brief summary of what everyone is kind of upset about. The Bucks go 49 straight days without playing a home game. And during those 49 days, they'll be traveling a total of 20,378 miles to play in away games against the Rams, the Saints, the Panthers in London, by the way, the Titans and the Seahawks. So, <laughs> I mean, like I said before, it seems like every single year there's something that gets us upset about the schedule. But guys, I mean... This is <laughs> this kind of sucks. This is unprecedentedly bad. Um, and I think the who was it the the NFL like seniors Mike like broadcast Morris. person or whatever like he even said yeah. like yeah we messed up <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah if we could have a redo we'd we'd probably redo Tampa's. Um, I mean it's just brutal. It doesn't that, that it and uh, something that you. You failed to mention, and I don't blame you because there's literally so many things that are terrible with this schedule, is that to start the season, they start at home against San Francisco, and then four days later, play a divisional opponent on the road in Carolina. And like, what? Kind of piggybacking against what you said. That same division opponent in Carolina, we're playing in London, and while we play them in London, we're losing a home division game. So the way to that game in London, I mean, of course, to host the Super Bowl, it's great. But it's ridiculous, dude. Evan, I mean, your thoughts on this schedule mix-up. I I think they got hosed. Um, I mean, down the stretch, it'll be nice to be at home most of the time. But, I mean, mean, it's getting real. You know, that only helps a bunch if, if you're in playoff contention. I mean... If they if they're in a bunch of close games and they got to win a bunch of those games, sure, being at home will help. But 
yeah, I mean, especially just this schedule with them playing the NFC West, having to go to L.A., having to go to Seattle, it's just, yeah, it didn't work. And they're, the back half of their schedule, there's very little travel. They got have to go to Detroit. They have to go to Atlanta, Jacksonville. Um, but, yeah, that, that first half is going to be brutal. And the first three games are now huge because the Bucks got to start off at least 2-1 and one, or else I think the season might fade pretty fast. And, you know, it really comes down to that football mentality. A lot of people can look at the schedule and say, oh, well, you just got to go out there and play football. And, I mean, that's what it comes down to. But, God, do they make it hard on these players. It's tough, man. It really is. I mean, you had the bye week in there, sure, but like, and there was a few, few like fake schedules out there that had the London game week six, but didn't have a bye week after. That's obviously you're always going to have a bye week, which which will help. But man, going from from Tampa to LA, LA to New Orleans, New Orleans to London, back to Tampa, out to Tennessee, from Tennessee to Seattle, back to Tampa. It's crazy, man. man. That's it's very like, rough. Like I, I was saying, I was saying this on Twitter. Like, I, I don't, I don't even understand like how they got to this point. I, I know that the, now. Okay, so I worked for a football league like four years ago. It was like a startup football league. It was called Major League Football. I was involved in it, and um, me and one of the guys actually took the liberty of creating the schedule. Now that was just a schedule for like eight teams, and the league didn't even play or whatever. But we had to come up with a schedule for it. Coming up with a schedule is hard, <laughs> like doing home and home and away stuff. Like it's really difficult to come up with a schedule. And so I sympathize on that respect. And I, I know that every year, you know, two or three teams are going to kind of get the short end of the stick. Right. I mean, like somebody's just got to have a rough schedule. That's the way it's got to be. This one is like unprecedentedly bad. <laughs> the, the way that they set the Bucks up to fit, because you also have to remember going into this season, and now I know the, it's the NFL and things change every year, but like they also have the eleventh toughest strength of schedule. Okay, so you have like the you almost have a top ten strength of schedule difficulty, and then you have the seven weeks you're, where you're away from home. You have a home division game that goes to London. Your other division game is on a four day is on a four-day bye week to start the year, which no guy is in peak physical condition to start the year. Like, sure, maybe health-wise, like injury-wise, they'll feel good, but like cardio-wise, playing all four quarters 100% for the first time in a season. Like, nobody's ready to then three days later go and play another football game. It's just like, Vegas had them as six wins. I think three weeks ago, which I said was crazy because I thought that they would win more than six games. At this point, if they anything that they win that's more than eight games is like, holy cow, they overperform because of the schedule. Like, it's uh, just it's that bad. And kind of piggybacking off of what you said, you, you know, you had said that there is a process to putting together the schedule. The article that I had read said that it, it there were like 63,000 variations of this schedule before they all decided to put out the schedule that we see before us today. But I had also seen that the Raiders are in a similar situation, but you kind of compare the two. When you look at Oakland, I don't think they knew if they were going to be playing at home in Oakland until like halfway through March. Right. So that's a different situation. But either way, man, like, hmm. Ah, what kills me about it, too, is the fact that, you know, they did say if we could do a redo. Yeah, that's. Yeah. The NFL doesn't admit they screwed you, but. If they do, then you've been screwed. 
<laughs> yeah. No, you you know well, you know they messed up bad. The guy who said that said that you know in October he's going to be rooting for the Bucks even though they can't really say Whatever. that. We'll probably I, be I thirty-one I'm on his power saying, rankings. I'm just saying that, that's what Trevor. <laughs> that's what Trevor was saying with the the unprecedented part, right? Yeah. And schedule comes out every year. You never hear a person that makes a schedule come out and say something like that after it's been released. That's how bad it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. they messed up. Oh yeah, and ah, I don't know. But let's kind of break down this schedule. Let's take a look at what the Bucks are going to be doing. Um, uh, again, we've already established first half of the season. You're really not going to see them here in Tampa. So let's kind of let's kind of see what the lineup is. Week one, they open things up against San Francisco. That's going to be an interesting Quick game question. here in Tampa. Yeah, Quick man, go question ahead. for Trevor. Yes. Quick question. Do you think Quan Alexander is going to play in that game? Because I know Scott has said that he believes Quan Alexander is going to start on the PUP list. And it's going to be close. I, I think Quan's going to try to push the play. Because it's his old team, but I don't know if he's going to play. So when did he tear his ACL? Do we know the exact date? Was it November, October? When it, was it? It was October. It was October something like October twenty second or something like that. He's got a chance. Um, I, you know what? I guess like it, it, I'll say that yes, I think he's going to play, but it's. I mean, it's going to be close. It really is. So I think that he'll probably start doing some activity, playing in maybe some preseason games, or not even playing. Maybe. I, actually, now that I think about it, that first game is probably going to be the first game action that he's going to play. Um, and I wonder if it was any other team other than Tampa, would they let him play? So that also kind of comes into to the equation because I'm sure Quan is texting the coaches already right now saying, I am going to play in Tampa on <laughs> September 8th. And the coaching staff's probably a little wary of it, so... Um, I'm not sure. It really is a total coin flip. That's a really good point because that's obviously the whole draw of the game is Quan Alexander coming back. But I, I, I wonder. Mean, it, it'd be close. Even at that point, though, you know, if he isn't 100% by the time week one comes around, but he's made it clear he wants to play, he's like almost ready to play. How? Mm, it, it's kind of a weird question. I can't phrase it the way that I want to. But like, how hurt does he need to be for them to not play him at all? Because I imagine if he's not 100%. Yeah. He'll be, you know, he'll show up here and there, very limited in the game, but they'll let him play because that's what he wants. If he's not 90% by like week two of the preseason, I don't think they're going to let him play. So, like, he's got to be like 90% on like week two, week three of the preseason. He's basically got to be practicing with the full team for those three days in order to, or for those three weeks leading up to this game to have a chance to play. I, because if not, then you're, you're really putting your, your prized free agency pickup at risk. Your $13 million torn ACL when, linebacker. When you go, exactly hey, what I was going to say. Your first game back is going to be an emotional game against Tampa Bay. Like that's, let's ask in a lot. So, that's going to be a lot of fun. I was going to kind of go into that as we broke down the schedule here, but San Francisco in Tampa, I feel like they just played in Tampa because they did, but now they'll be here week one to open up the season. That should be a good one. As Trevor, as you brought up earlier, week two, they are going to be on the road for Thursday night football against Carolina. That'll be September 12th. Then they got 10 days off week three against the Giants in Tampa yeah. And then you don't see Tampa again until November. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I was, <laughs> I was trying to think of how to structure that. But yeah, but uh, after that, the boys go off the grid for a little while. Crazy. It's crazy to think that that's how that's how the schedule shapes up. It almost feels like they don't have eight home games. Oh, wait, they don't. Um, <laughs> it almost feels like they're it's, it's like not even real. Like they're, they play the two home games there and then all of a sudden it's just like road, road, London, road, road. Man, I know they go so, back to back at home in November, but it, it, I'm looking at the schedule now, and it's not even like they have this giant home stretch. They don't. They right. have two home they go games, back, two away games, one home game. What you know? Back it's just, to back. Don't they yeah. go back to back in November and December? Because aren't weeks 16 and 17 back to back versus Houston and Atlanta? Uh, yes. So like they okay. go back to back those first two games back from that long road trip. They go home and home, but then they go away away. Home away, home home. So it's like it. There's not. It never really like super balances out like for them. Like they have a straight month where they're just playing at Raymond James, you know. So um, probably would have rather had it be that the case, but you know, here we are, I guess. So I, I got a question for both of you. Would you much rather have this year's schedule or the schedule from two years ago where you don't get a bye week? I would rather have the schedule where we don't get a bye week. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, I don't Evan, know. You seem like a, a lot of Evan, guys. Evan, Evan, what do you think? What do you think? A lot of guys cherish a bye week, and I do think it affected them that season. But I might have to agree with you because just because you're not you, that season, they weren't traveling nearly as much. So if you were to tell me that they would travel a lot less but not have a bye week, I think. A lot of the players would take that too, and I wonder what Bruce Arians thinks about this. And we, you might get his thoughts on it because, you know, if somebody asks him like that first like mini camp or rookie mini camp, whatever, he might get a question about the schedule, and we know that he doesn't really care what he says. So I, we'll I see. hope he's colorful with it. I really do. I yeah, that was a big. Yeah, I wonder. I I think I asked. I was asking Rick Stroud either today or yesterday. I can't remember when I saw him, but. He, uh, I was like, who gets to complain about this? Is it like, is it Jason? Is it Bruce? Who gets to complain about the schedule? And he's like, well, it would be Bruce. I'm like, okay, well then he needs to, he needs to say something <laughs> about this. Like he, I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to say it at the podium next week when, when we get to hear from him before the draft, but I really hope that he called up somebody this morning and was like, you Y'all better, y'all better give us favors for the next three years in a row, because you just like ruined our season. Now, it's not exactly ruining the season. I think still think they'll be fine and they'll be competitive in in, in all of the games. But it's football, right? The NFL, anything could happen. You want any advantage you can get, and right now this entire schedule, basically front to back for four and a half straight months, is just a disadvantage, like a giant one disadvantage after the other, and so. I know Arians isn't too too pleased about that. Yeah, any given Sunday, right? That's you know that's <laughs> what that you think, but not when you've got a million road games in a row. So I don't know. <laughs> so uh, let's wrap up this schedule really quick, and then uh, Trevor, we've got some draft questions for you because that is definitely your specialty. Um, so where we left off, the Bucks play the Giants in New York Week Three. And yep. then after that, they go off of the grid for a while. Week four, they play the Rams in L.A. Week five, they play the Saints in New Orleans. Week, um, excuse me, week six, they play the Carolina Panthers in London. That's going to be a home game uh, played in London, so that'll be fun. Uh, week seven's the bye week. Week eight, 
They'll be on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Week 9, they'll be in Seattle playing the Seahawks. And the Week 10, they finally come home in a rematch against Bruce Arians' former team. This one should be another interesting matchup. The Arizona Cardinals. After that, they have the Saints at home. Week after that, they go to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Week 13, they're up in Jacksonville. And I might try to make that Jacksonville game. I've yet to uh, see a game with that huge screen up there. Week 14, they play Indianapolis in Tampa, another one of Bruce Arians' former teams. Week 15, they play Detroit in Detroit. Week 16, they play the Texans at home. And then the last week of the year, they wrap things up against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we put the schedule out there. If you haven't checked it out, I'm sure it is widely available on the internet. Or you can find it posted anywhere. But, ah, I still can't get over that. But let's move on. So, as I brought up before, Trevor, we had some uh, some draft questions loaded up. And, and mm-hmm. Evan, I wanted to toss this to you, man. And what have you got? All right, yeah. So, basically, uh, we all we know a, a lot of... A lot of the first round guys, right? You know, Devin, the Devin Whites of the world, the Quinn Williams, Josh Allen, Trevor. What are some guys that you think Bucks fans should have their eye on in the second and third round? Because the Bucks have a high pick in each of those rounds, so they should could and should get an impact player there. What are some names that that you would tell Bucks fans to keep an eye on? Well, I think that you know when I'm looking at, I guess this roster of who they need. Uh, let's operate under the assumption that they're going to pick Devin White at number five. Okay, let's just do that for this exercise. At the top of that second round, you're probably looking to prioritize interior defensive line because I'm just telling you all right now, you should go, right now you should go into this with the expectation Gerald McCoy is not going to be there in 2019. I just don't think that he's going to play for them. I think that he's not going to be on the team one way or the other, whether they do find a trade for him on draft weekend or whether they cut him all together. That relationship between the Bucks and McCoy sounds very sour right now, and I think it would take a lot to really repair it. And so I'm not going to bet for that. So if if they take Devin White there at number five, then at the top of the second round, you're probably you probably got to put yourself in a position to get an interior defensive lineman. Dexter Lawrence from Clemson's a guy who you could pair with Vita Vea, be some stout forces right in the middle, could move Vita Vea over to that three tech. He could be an oversized three tech player, but he could be a guy who moves really well. That way they could also be interchangeable pieces in a 3-4 front if they possibly want to do that. So that's kind of an option. I don't think a guy like Jerry Tillery is going to be there. Perhaps a guy like Jeffrey Simmons if they want to take the chance on him, but I'm not so sure they want to because Simmons tore his ACL in January. Even though he is a fantastic talent, he won't be available until really November or October. If they want to switch sides, go to the other side of the trenches, get some interior uh, offensive line help, you're basically hoping that you know Garrett Bradbury, Chris Lindstrom, or Eric McCoy are there at the top of the second round. Any of those guys I think would be really great picks as well. They'd be pretty good compliments to plug right in there at right guard. You'd have a really solid interior if that happens. But I think it's more likely that you're going to go interior in the third round. Maybe a guy like Drew Samia or Elton Jenkins, something like that. If corner's potentially an area that they're looking for, top of the second round, guys like Amani Arwarie, who is a Tampa kid, one-year starter at Penn State, but um, got a lot of potential as a cover three corner, a guy who can play man coverage. You don't really want him in press too often, but the Bucks already have Carlton Davis, so Carlton can be really their press man guy. They can let Amani be more of a cover three, a guy who can read and react while still getting physical with people. 
And then Julian Love is probably another cornerback who I would say as well might be a guy for them to look at in the, in the top of the second round. So there's a handful of names there, depending on what they do, whether they're trading up or back, that could be in that second round range. So uh, in all of those situations, you had said, uh, you know, let's assume that the Bucks are going to take Devin White at five if he's available. Something I wanted to ask you, something that's kind of stirred up these uh, these past few days is is the growing possibility of the Raiders taking Devin White at four. What would that mean? I mean, obviously anything can happen. It, it, I'm sure it'll – I don't know. I, I want to well, get your take. <laughs> sure. Here's I, – I guess – so, like, let's let's set it up this way. I think Kyler's going number one overall. I still think that's a lock. I don't I don't believe the Josh Rose stuff. Agree. From all the, the sources that I have known who are very plugged into the situation, it has been Kyler Murray and it's going to be Kyler Murray. So that leaves that leaves Nick Bosa, that leaves Josh Allen, that leaves Devin White, and that leaves Quinton Williams as four Best players player in the draft right there. To man up four spots okay so that would mean the bucks would be guaranteed to have a shot at one of those four players okay so i think that it, it, it man if the raiders end up taking devin white over quinnon that's uh that's pretty far of a stretch so let's say that nick bosa goes number two overall just because the 49ers need more of an edge rusher than they do an interior player the jets same thing. They need more of an edge rusher than an interior player. Maybe they take Josh Allen, but maybe they take Quinnen. Okay. So then in this scenario, the Bucks are ending up with one of either Josh Allen or Quinnen Williams, which is an awesome scenario for them to be in, even if they're not getting Devin White. Absolutely. I think a lot of Bucks fans would be very happy with either of those. However, then we have to, then they have to cope with the reality that they might not get any kind of linebacker worth starting in this draft. And that's really dangerous because right now, in a defense that wants to get more versatile, more 3-4 friendly, potentially have more linebackers on the field, they have one starting line, starting caliber linebacker right now. It's Levante David. Everybody else is a backup linebacker at best. They're fill-in players. And a guy like even you know a guy like Dion Buchanan, he's a specialization player. He's a guy who you can play more week to week depending on the opponent. He's not a full time guy. Riley Bull is never going to be a full time guy. Kevin Minter played great in spurts last year, but how much are you depending on him, right? So, at that point, you look at Levante David as the only starting linebacker. Levante has been hurt the last couple of years. If Levante David goes down, you're screwed. You've got no linebackers. And so that's why it works for them to pick Devin White, not only because he's a good player, but because unfortunately, really just because of the way the salary cap was, the Bucks have kind of pigeonholed themselves here a little bit because this class is not deep at linebacker. If you don't get one of the Devins, I don't think you're getting a guy that you can start early on. And the Bucs need a guy who can start early on. So where I think Quinn and Williams would be a home run pick, I think Josh Allen would be a fantastic pick. If they if they get one of those guys, there's two sides to the coin. Because you got to be happy, and then you got to be a little bit worried because you're basically just <laughs> praying Levante uh, is healthy all 16 games. And then even if he is, you've got to get linebacker production from somebody else. So certainly I think edge play and defensive line play in general – more important than a linebacker need, but I think for this 
Bucks team and this Bucks roster specifically right now, that linebacker need is glaring. So I think that it's a little it's a little interesting once you kind of play that game of hey, what if they took this different guy instead? Well, then there's a chain reaction of of who might be available and if that works long term. Absolutely, well, Trevor. Yeah, I think I think you could agree with me here that the Bucks would be willing to take that risk if it meant getting Quinn and Williams because I, he's a special yeah. player. Sure, I think that you know. With all that said, Quinn and Williams is number one on their board. They will take Quinn and Williams if he's there at five. All that to say that, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, one more thing for me, and then Rhett could toss you a few. I had this theory that the Jets hold the key to the Bucks draft, and what? it's because the Jets have been in rumors that they want to trade down. They want to trade down. Let's say that the Jets do trade down because if they trade out for a team looking for a quarterback and Kyler goes one, the Bucks are guaranteed to get either Josh Allen or Quinn Williams just to sit there. Mm-hmm. I sort of think that the Raiders, I, while Quinn Williams is the better player, kind of think the Raiders need an edge more than the, more than the interior. Would you agree with me there? Yeah, no, depth so, chart-wise, certainly, yeah. So would you think that if, if the Jets would trade out, do you think that could mean that Quinn Williams would end up in Tampa? I, I mean, so so I'll, I'll just say this. I, I do a I do a podcast called the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, and right now we're doing something called a guest mock draft, where we have had a beat reporter from every single team in the NFL come on and tell us a little bit about the team, tell us who they're thinking about picking, what their draft strategy looks like, and then make a pick in this mock draft. And it's been a lot of fun. It's given us a lot of insight. The 49ers and the Jets people, both of them said these teams are looking to trade out. They're looking to trade back. So, like, if somebody wants to move up for a quarterback, maybe a, a different edge rusher, who knows? I, I mean, the Bucks are hoping that as many quarterbacks go in front of them as they possibly can. So, in this scenario, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe the Jets do end up trading back. Somebody moves up for a quarterback. Then the Bucks just have the pick of the litter of basically all of these guys that they're going to want. They're going to have options, then, at that case, at number five. And so... Um, no, I think that's a good point. The Jets definitely are a linchpin in, in what could be the result, the end results of this entire draft, especially for the Bucks of high. So yeah, one more quick thing here. And then you could, you don't have to give any explanation. Mm-hmm. Devin white is sitting there. Josh Allen's sitting there at five. I think the Bucks would end up taking Devin white. Who do you think they would end up taking? I think they would take Devin white. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. I think that I think the Bucks' big board right now is Quinton Williams number one overall, Nick Bose is number two, Devin White's number three. That's what I think. And I want to go on record here and say too, uh, it's kind of been established before, but Devin White is. I, I really want it to play out where the Bucks draft Devin White as opposed to Quinton Williams. I understand that Williams is a talent that I mean he he's going to be a really really good player, and I'm sure if he's available, he'll do great things, but. Uh, Trevor, exactly what you said. I mean, you couldn't have put it any better. The longevity and the glaring need for a linebacker that you can play and, and kind of just plug in and get going. I think that's everything Devin White is looking to be. They need him. Yeah. They need him badly. Yes. So moving on from the draft, my next few questions for you here as we kind of wrap things up, more so personnel. Um, first and foremost, we had brought this one up last week on the show, but I, I didn't really get anywhere with it. I wanted to ask you if you've heard what's going on with Kendall Beckwith. I, I mean, we knew the last I had heard was that his injury was worse than we initially mm-hmm. thought it was. 
Um, he still hasn't been cleared to work out or practice, last I had heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, do we have an ETA or a pace or anything going on there? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'll be shocked if, if Kenna Beckwith plays football again. I really oh, will I because that. we're like we're like we're like a year removed from his accident and he's had two setbacks that we know of and Jason Light said that he is still flying around the country to get different opinions and different things like you are only doing that at this point because the news that you're getting from the doctors you've already talked to is not good. So I don't know man, I think that Devin I think that Kendall Beckwith is going to be fine like uh, you know as as a person like i think he'll recover like i think he can walk and everything he's, <laughs> he's not fine. gonna die <laughs> right like but in terms of like him playing football again i if you made me put money on the line i'd tell you he's not gonna play football again so uh, it's well, Rhett, yes sir you, you were joking around that that he would he might die wasn't oh, no, the rumor no, no, I mean, was wasn't no I, i'm just saying the, the rumor was that this accident was really bad that's and he so I could have died. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I don't know the details of the accident, but Jason Light said last year when it happened, when he was informing us about it, that they they said like we're lucky that Kendall's alive. And I was like, what? What? Like what? What happened? And so that was um yeah. So I mean yeah, that's kind of that that tells you the severity of the accident. Wow. Well, now I feel terrible. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to uh to my final question for you. It has to do with our running back not Peyton Barber but Ronald Jones last I had heard he is impressing Jason Light has said some good things about him Um, he's looking promising now I kind of wanted to ask uh, not only your take on Ronald Jones in general but just do you think he can turn it around and and I don't know about flourish I don't think he's going to break out and and be uh, you know one of the top five running backs in the league but I just want him to to live up to the hype and have so many people stop dismissing him as a bust yeah uh, let me do it yeah, let me first just say this. Uh, how many downs of football has Ronald Jones played this offseason? I think like... Th- yeah, zero, actually. Um, so oh, you said I don't really. season I apologize. Yeah, no, I said this offseason. Um, so I don't really know where all the talk comes of like, oh, yeah, he's been impressing, blah, 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 what? Like in the weight room? Come on. He's an, he's an NFL athlete. Of course he's going to – come on. Like, I, So that was kind of funny. I, I laughed when I heard that. Like, oh, yeah, Ronald Jones is impressing everybody. He hadn't, he, hadn't t- like, he hadn't touched a football in organized game. Like, come on. Let's be real about it. But all that to say, you got a year of Ronald Jones kind of living uh, this Tampa Bay life. Uh, you hope he's a lot more comfortable than what he clearly was. And I think the main thing, though – the offensive line's got to be better, man. I watched oh, yeah. every single Ronald Jones carry from last year. I went back and I did a study of it. He got nothing. He They gave that dude nothing to run for. Now, don't get me wrong, the offensive line scheme was way contrastly different between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, and they like continued to try to run like outside stretch zones when Ronald Jones is in the game, and the offensive line clearly couldn't do it, and whatever. It, it, it was kind of like it, the offensive line was to blame and Jones was to blame. So a lot of it is still out of his control. And it really, man, it's just about Jones looking in the mirror. He's just got to have confidence. He's got to be able to see things. He's got to uh, have a sense of comfortability that he clearly just did not have last year. And look, man, the talent didn't go away. That speed's still there. You know, that home run ability we saw at USC, it's all still there. He's got to use it. Okay. That makes me feel Really better. fast, Trevor. <laughs> really fast. Yes or, no, yes or no before you get out of here. Bucks drafted a running back in the first four rounds. Oh, the first four? 
I oh, that I, sweet spot because I, I would I would have told I would have told you it's somewhere between like uh, I'm gonna say yes to that just because I think it's gonna be in the fourth round. So you <laughs> barely you're like if we barely get there. That was a good question. So uh, <laughs> Trevor, we appreciate you coming on the show. We know you got to get out of here soon, but uh, before you go, uh, tell us a little bit about the Draft Network and where can people check you out. Yeah, sure. Uh, TheDraftNetwork.com. It's a new company that I work for along with Peter Port. Uh, basically, we're, we're trying to be your one-stop shop for everything draft. If you want to learn about a prospect, we've got all kinds of scouting reports for you. Uh, but then after you learn about them, we don't just want that to be the last thing. We've got a build-your-own-big-board machine, and we got a mock draft machine where we want you, the people who love the draft and care about the draft, to learn enough about it to make your own rankings, make your own mock drafts, and all that kind I've of stuff. I've spent way too much time on that mock draft. <laughs> <otherwise, man. laughs> well, that brings that brings a smile to my face because I love uh, I love hearing that, that people are using it. But it's been a ton of fun working for them. It, this is just phase one of the stuff that we're gonna go into next year and do. It's gonna be even bigger and better after that. So yeah, DraftNetwork.com and then Draft Network basically on every social site you can find. Awesome. Trevor, thank you so much for coming on the show, folks. You can find Trevor on uh, Twitter and Instagram. One of my favorite people to follow on Twitter, by the way. It is it is pretty funny stuff. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Of course, guys. We'll chat soon. Awesome. Thanks, Trevor. So, ladies and gentlemen, Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network and Pewter Report coming on the show with us today for Episode 53. Now, Evan, do you have anything yes, on your mind? Because, I mean, well, honestly, one, I think I, we... I sort of... I got a bone to pick with you a little bit there. Oh, with me? Yeah. Was it about the Kendall Beckworth dying thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> Did you seriously not know that, like, that was serious, though? Wait, about what? Like, like that he could have died. I knew it was serious, but, like, I didn't know. Uh, okay, so it was about the Kendall Beckworth dying thing. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying that because that's what you brought up first, and then I'm going to get to my point. Okay. But did no, you did you I not actually, know? I did not know that it was so severe. He had almost he he could have died. I did not know it was to that severity. So if anyone is listening who was upset with my joke, I sincerely apologize. It's all good. Um, First apology right, so, you'll get from me on the show. Hopefully the last. <laughs> uh, okay. So one thing when we were talking about Quinn Williams and stuff, you said that. Quinn Williams would be great and all, but Devin White's needed more, right? So you're you would take would you take Devin White over Quinn Williams? They're both there. For me, and this yeah, is just the yeah. way that I look at it. This is if it, you're the general, you're the you, general manager. You want a yes or no answer. You don't want a, a big drawn out explanation. You're, you're I want Quinn Williams or Devin White. Take Devin White. Oh my God! Listen. Trevor uh, explained it any better you're than passing I on, You're ever... passing on the safest pick in the draft. Safest pick in the draft, but what does this yes. team need more right now? Once Sharon McCoy's gone, who are your defensive linemen? We've got Vita Vea, I, I... who's gonna. We've got Vita Vea, who's evolving. I think he's gonna do some really good things in the future. Uh, I mean, listen, man. Devin White at linebacker is good. On a team that needs linebackers. I I have a tough time. If well, if it comes I, down, I, go ahead. If it comes down to it, and the Bucks pick Devin White and Quinn and Williams isn't on the board, then you can't be mad at me. Yeah, no, no, no. But if if they pick Devin White and Quinn and Williams on the board, I, you're doing this podcast alone. Oh no, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. 
I, I, I will never understand that. And there's, there's no way you can justify that. No way. I'm sorry. So I that's a cold take say, for you. I'm, I, I, I'm, a, I, I understand you saying, well, you know, you need this, this need and stuff like that, dude. Quinn Williams, there and and there's stuff coming out now that Quinn Williams aced the interview process. They said he handled it like a franchise quarterback would. Like, dude, this guy's perfect. And, and he still got the, braces. The, and and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> that's good. And, and and he threw shade at Kyler Murray before they played. Um, so, dude, I, I have a tough time. Don't I mean? He's he's number one. He's definitely number one on their board, and I think they, I I would pick Quinn Williams, and I think if you you would pick Devin White, but I think you think they would pick Quinn Williams, right? Oh, right. I imagine. Don't get me wrong. I think realistically, if Quinn Williams is on the board, it doesn't Devin matter. White who else on the, is there. It, it does, Yeah, I think it, I think he's number one for the Bucks right now. But yeah. in my position, I like to look out for what the team needs the most. <laughs> And, you know, we've been known these past few years for having a fairly solid linebacker core. I kind of want to keep that going and Uh, and, and put some stability uh, stability in there. Question, how many wins has that linebacker core got you? Just saying. You know, you you talk about the solid linebacker core. How many wins? It doesn't matter. Not enough. Right? Exactly. Wins, you know... Look on the roster. How many like young, dominant defensive line players do the Bucks have? Vita Vea, okay. Noah Spence, he's still a huge question mark. You've got a lot. Carl, of, you've got a lot Carl of Carl Nassib. Carl Nassib is upside. Yeah, Carl Nassib. Yeah, like his upside is what he did last year. I think. Like I don't really think there's much more to Carl Nassib. Like he's decent as a rotational piece, but like uh, like to Carl Nassib, I don't think there's much more. Like you're gonna get. Six, six, oh, I'm not no saying more. I'm not saying he's gonna he, he's gonna play the best day of his. Uh, I'm not saying his best days of his career are ahead of him, but I think he's solid. He's a younger he's guy. Solid. He's I think solid, he's gonna be in Tampa for a while. I have a good we'll feeling see. that he's gonna be we'll in see. Tampa for a while. We'll see. Um, I just don't know, man. You, you look at the defensive line, JPP. He's got this year on his contract. He's got next year, but next year's not guaranteed at all. So. If they could cut yeah. ties with him, and I, I don't know. I seriously don't know. This I cap think space you should... situation is is what makes me nervous for the future here. Well, I mean, it's not too bad. I mean, next year it'll get better because unfortunately, they don't have to sign as much as their of their draft class. Like Vernon Hargraves, they might pick up his fifth year option. It's not as much as a quarterback fifth year option. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Um, but I think the the Bucks has to make a decision on that before the season. That's a tricky one. Um, yeah. So Noah Spence, you see, it, you guys see how he plays before he gets a deal. If he does, it won't be big. The biggest one would be Jameis Winston. Even then, you don't know if you're paying him yet. So they have a chance to have a lot of cap space. Like right now, if you look on overthecap.com, I believe, and you go to 2020, what's on the books, they have like 60 million of available in cap before the Winston extension, um, before uh, Vernon Hargreaves' possible extension, Noah Spence' possible extension. So, And there's not, if you look at the players' contract expiring, there's not too many big names. So they should be fine for next year with cap. It won't be like this year. They won't be as cap-strapped. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I look at that defensive line, you need young talent. 
Because, I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul is not going to be here forever. At, at You know, at most, I can't see him. I can't see the Bucks re-signing him, probably. Not at 32 years old, and he might want a good bit of money. And the Bucks are going to be thinking about, you know, drafting his replacement soon. So, I think you got to go with the young defensive line. Devin White's good. Quinn Williams is just so good, you know. Uh, and honestly, I would, I might take Devin White over Josh Allen. I don't know when it push comes to shove if I actually would, but I'd seriously consider it because I do think that Devin White's good. But Devin White or Ed I don't Oliver? At Oliver, they should take Ed Oliver. They they should, like I said, they should take Ed Oliver. They will take Devin White, and they should take Ed Oliver just because of the reason I was saying: young defensive line. Ed Oliver next to Vita Vea, sign me up. Man. Man. Sign right. me up. Well, that would that would be the those two interior guys if Ed Oliver work out, Vita Vega continues to continues to develop. That'd be I'm gonna say it right now, that would end up being one of the most dominant Tampa defensive lines you've ever seen. And this defense in the late nineties, early two thousands was really good. And right. this defensive line featured Warren Sapp and Simeon Rice. And I'm saying that with Ed Oliver and Vita Vey, and same thing with Quinn Williams and Vita Vey, you could see one of the best defensive lines in Tampa history. All right. Well, I, not, not, dis- not next year, but with time, I'm saying. I don't disagree with you. And, yeah, the <laughs> idea of a player like Vita Vea and Quinn Williams or even Ed Oliver flourishing not only right around the same age, you know what I mean? Talking about Quinn building a whole new identity for that defensive line. I think Quinn line. Williams is like 21 years old. Like, He's very young. Like, oh, yeah. He's one of the youngest players in this class. And um, One thing I will say, though, we're not talking about Nick Bosa at all because out of the three defensive linemen, Nick Bosa probably has the least chance to go to the Bucks, just because all the I teams in it. front of him need edge so bad. 49ers, they need an edge more than interior. Uh, Jets, they need an edge more than interior. Uh, Raiders, they need edge more than interior. So let's say, okay, well, let's say the 49ers and Jets trade out. Okay. Okay, then the Raiders are going to take Nick Bosa. <laughs> like, like there, there's no possible way to get Nick Bosa on this football team. Like, I just don't see, unless something stupid happens and somebody overdrafts somebody drastically, I can't see it. So that's why we're really not talking about Nick Bosa much, if you guys are wondering. Well, saying all of that to say this, no matter what happens, no matter who's number one on the draft board, when it comes to draft night and a little under a week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take Zion Yo, Williamson like, at number five. Oh, boy. Um, well, he, he'd be, he's going to be a, a great – you want to talk about like a linebacker, defensive lineman hybrid. At 18 nice. years old? Jesus, <clears throat> man. Yeah, you can build around him. Um, maybe playing some strong safety, you know. Justin Evans was Zion right next to him. Maybe some tight end. You can't take maybe, him out maybe in a party post game until his fourth year in the league. <laughs> trade <laughs> – Oh, yeah, until his rookie contract's done. Uh, tr- tr- trade Brait, right? Trade Brait for a third and have uh, Zion back up OJ, two tight end set. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, OJ yeah. could be, I mean, uh, Zion could be the fullback and stuff. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, was, what was I about to say? God. Was it darn. about Ed Oliver and uh, Quinn uh, Williams? Might have been about Ed Oliver and Quinn Williams. I can't remember. Hmm. If it comes back. Back to me, I'll let you know. But, yeah, right right now, it, it just slipped my mind. So. All right. Well, for, feel free to interrupt me at any time. Will because, do. Uh, what I was actually about to say is, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. Thank you to our special guest, Trevor Sikama from the Draft Network, coming on. Make sure you guys go check him out. A lot of good content being put up over there. And as Evan had brought up earlier, try out the big board. Try out the mock draft machine. It's a lot of fun. You'll spend a ton of time on it. And it'll be awesome to see what you come up with. If you do use it, make sure you shout out. Uh, make sure you shout at us on social media. Let us know what your mock draft and your big boards look like. Speaking of that, you can follow the show on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod. You can follow my co-host Evan at Bucks Way, formerly Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus R H E T T A K U S. If you're into that kind of thing. Also, check out our partners at pewterreport.com for some of the best Bucks coverage in the game. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and we'll see you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.